Today's episode is brought to you by Canva. Uh, We're all looking for ways to make an impact at work, but not all of us are skilled in visual design. A Canva helps you get your point across uh, simply and beautifully. It's easy to design Canva presentations, docs, whiteboards, and videos. You start with a designer-made template and customize it with your content. Uh, plus, add graphics, charts, and more from Canva's massive media library. Whatever department you work in, Canva is perfect for any task. Sales decks, hiring docs, marketing brainstorms, employee videos, you name it. Anyone at work can design with Canva. Start designing today at canva.com. Designed for work. This episode is brought to you by Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hears from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up? This is your boy, Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Welcome to Brain Stuff, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, Brain Stuff, Lauren Vogelbaum here. And the sharing economy has changed everything from how people get around a city to how they rent rooms while traveling. And now it's even seeping into ecology. In California's Sacramento Valley, farmers are temporarily leasing flooded rice paddies to the Nature Conservancy so that migratory shorebirds have a place to stop and feed while traveling the Pacific Flyway, which is the major north-south route that extends from Alaska to Patagonia. The program, dubbed Bird Returns, has been in development by the Nature Conservancy since 2014 and is helping conservationists deal with the short-term needs of migrating birds. Because of urbanization, agriculture, and climate change, the migrating birds have less access to wilderness to mate, feed, nest, and rear their young. At the same time, the project gives farmers the opportunity to support conservation efforts and maybe earn a little extra money without negatively impacting crop production. 
During February and March of 2014, the pilot season for the program, just 2% of Sacramento Valley's some 500,000 acres of rice fields, that's around 200,000 hectares, were turned into shallow water for shorebird habitat. That season, the pop-up wetlands supported more than 180,000 birds, representing 57 different species. On average, the researchers found three times more bird diversity and five times greater density on rice paddies that participated in the program compared to unenrolled fields. Migrating animals like shorebirds are in jeopardy, as their ranges cover vast swaths of land. A study published in the journal Science in 2015 reported that just 9% of over 1,400 migratory bird species had access to protected areas for all the stages of their annual cycle. In California in particular, 90% of original wetland habitat has been lost to agriculture and urban development. Since the Nature Conservancy was founded in 1951, it's worked to conserve habitat by working with landowners to purchase land or permanently limit the use of their land in order to maintain its wildness. Each agreement is worked out individually, a process that's expensive and can take months or years to develop. For the article this episode is based on, HowStuffWorks spoke with Mark Reynolds, Ph.D., the lead scientist for the Nature Conservancy's California Migratory Bird Program. He explained that he and his colleagues, including Sandy Matsumoto, the team's project manager, and Eric Halstein, the team's economist, thought that the demand for purchasing migrating bird habitat could far exceed their resources. Quote, We were looking at our habitat needs and thinking, how do we buy our way to success? Sandy said, do we need to buy land for the whole year? It looks like the animals need it part of the time. Eric, with his background in economics, said we could do a reverse auction. I said, a reverse what? A reverse auction overturns the conventional role of buyer and seller. Instead of buyers competing to outbid each other to obtain a good or service, a sellers compete to offer their goods or services to one buyer at a competitive price. The sellers in this case are the owners of rice fields, which are typically farmed in California from April through August or May through October. During the growing seasons, the fields are normally flooded, but they're also flooded during the off-seasons to decompose the rice stubble after harvest. Reynolds and his colleagues saw an opportunity to work with the farmers to provide temporary wetland habitat for shorebirds passing through. So, in early 2014, the Nature Conservancy issued an invitation to rice farmers to submit bids that itemized their costs to flood fields for four, six, or eight weeks at a time, beginning in February of that same year. The farmers set their own prices, and the Nature Conservancy was able to select the highest quality habitat for the lowest total cost. They repeated the process in the fall of 2014, and every year since then. HowStuffWorks also spoke with John Brennan, a partner at Brennan Jewett & Associates, a firm that manages rice sales for the Robbins Rice Company. He explained that the farmers are very receptive to this concept. Quote, To the extent that they can get their costs covered to do it, they're even more receptive because they see it as, A, something that they're excited about and a way to make an environmental difference, and B, something that really helps secure the longevity of the rice industry in California. To figure out where and when shorebirds most needed wetland habitat for their migrations, Reynolds and his colleagues worked with experts at Cornell University's Lab of Ornithology, which collects information about birds through its citizen science project, eBird. 
This online checklist allows bird enthusiasts across the country to tabulate the kinds of birds they see, when they see them, how many, and where. Using data from eBird and grant money from NASA, the Cornell team built high-powered computer models that predicted at weekly intervals the presence and abundance of birds at different locations. From these models, Reynolds and his colleagues created maps to visualize and prioritize where and when habitat was needed most. Once they knew the locations, they requested bids from the local rice farmers. They adjust the program based on weather conditions. During times of drought, the Nature Conservancy would pay more, and during times of excessive rain, it would pay less. When they extrapolated the potential costs for the project out, they found the highest possible cost per year based on the average bid was $1.4 million. But that's significantly higher than what the Nature Conservancy actually paid. Meanwhile, the estimated cost to restore rice fields to wetland habitats, equal to that land area, would cost around $25 million, and maintenance fees would come in at about $100,000 a year. So, this seems like a win-win, but the researchers stress that these pop-up wetlands are tools, and not meant to replace permanent protection. If the land switched from rice farming to some other use that wasn't compatible with seasonal flooding, another protection strategy would need to be considered. For now, though, rice farming and bird conservation are working hand-in-hand. Reynolds said, We're engaged with this community of farmers and thinking about a lot of other ways to conjoin farming and environmental benefits. Today's episode is based on the article Pop-Up Wetlands Helping Migrating Shorebirds on HowStuffWorks.com, written by Tracy Steeter. BrainStuff is a production of iHeartRadio in partnership with HowStuffWorks.com and is produced by Tyler Klang. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.